This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back here again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And today we wanted to talk a little bit more about comparing life in a small town versus in a city here in Italy. And there are some things, of course, that are also important to take into consideration. We've already done two episodes on the subject, and we wanted to continue uh, by talking about a few more things along this line of thought. But let's start out with maybe nature, (laughs) access to nature, access to green spaces. And this is something that, to me, it's almost a little counterintuitive that in a small town, maybe depending on where you are, you might not have as much access if you're living in the center of that town to green spaces as you might say if you're in some parts of a city, like if you have a large park nearby. Just as an example for me, something that I've come across is that here in Rovigo, we do have some green spaces, but a lot of the green spaces that we have, you have to go outside of the center and maybe even a little bit further into the countryside. I don't know if you've had that same experience, but that's what I've seen so far. No, that's absolutely true. And one bonus that definitely you get by choosing to live in a small village is that you're going to be in the nature. Like normally Italian small villages are very small. Like right. we're talking about like a thousand people, two thousand right. people, 500 people. Yeah. And um, so the town itself... You're going to be completely surrounded. Yes, the town itself is going to be very small. Um, and everybody's going to be living in a very small area, so you can actually walk from one end of the town to the other, and and you can walk outside of the town and be into the nature completely. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, towns in Italy are quite close to each other, but in the United States, it depends on where you are, uh, you may find a similar situation or depending on where you are, you may find that um, towns are very far from each other mm-hmm. and you may have to drive like even 30 minutes to find the next town. Yeah, even some places, I think it can even be more than that, like a, maybe even a couple hours or an hour in between one small town and another, whereas very often in Italy, the, they, they can be very, like almost butted up to, next to each other or not that far away. But like also you were saying, you can find that in America as well. I guess maybe in the Northeast someplace, like uh, uh, you would be able to find those smaller towns that aren't too, too far away from each other. But uh, I think that it's it's really great that you do have some really beautiful countrysides in this country that you can get out and you can start hiking around. Or even if you're in the north, you can start hiking through the Alps. Or in some parts of the country, going from north to south, you have access to the Apennine Mountains, which run for a good portion of the length of the country. And some gorgeous views, absolutely gorgeous views. And you'll even find a number of um, hilltop villages that are really worthwhile checking out uh, where you can find these giant fortresses and churches and even the 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 the, the place where my ancestors come from is one of those hilltop uh, towns where it's just it spirals up all the way to the top of the to the top of the mountain and it's not uncommon to find those types of villages here in Italy but i guess uh, one other aspect that it, it would be worth touching on to compare small town living in Italy versus large city living, um, which also 
could apply really to a lot of other places, is the access to health care in, in these places, uh, especially because in sometimes in small towns, you don't have specialists and maybe only have a few uh, general practitioners. Yes, that's absolutely true. Like people may find themselves in a situation where they have to travel to the next big city to find specialists and um, or maybe even uh, an hospital that has those specialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, in Italy, normally you're never too far from a town or like a bigger town that will have the specialists you need. Uh, and it might be sufficient to just try drive for uh, 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Uh, but for sure, if you live in a small town, you may um, have to take into account that you may just have a general physician in town, but not maybe the specialist that you need. All right. And then even for emergency services, like we have ambulances here in Italy and they're great. And they can be free or not. They can be. They are free for the use um, for emergency situations. But you also have to take into consider how far away are you from those places. Say, for example, if you are somebody who's a little bit up there in age and that may be a reality that, God forbid, you might slip and fall or somebody um, may find themselves in a situation where they are unable to help themselves. It's definitely worthwhile to take into consideration how far away is the closest hospital or major hospital. I mean, we're fortunate here in Rovigo that it's a provincial capital. We have a, a great hospital here. And then even you go to, say, about 30 minutes away, there's another hospital in one direction. Another 40 minutes away, there's another hospital in another direction. And sometimes when the hospital here in Rovigo gets a little too full for certain things, they might actually send somebody to another area and actually provide the transportation for them. But that's the thing, is to be close enough to that central location that you have the access to the services anyway to begin with because even the hospital here is not in the center it's a little bit outside of the town so you wouldn't okay theoretically you could walk there but it might not be the easiest i actually do know someone who broke their foot and walked all the way to the hospital i couldn't believe it i mean but that's also one of the reasons why i say it's good to know the language in a country because they were in the position that they didn't know the language and they were unable to even call a taxi to take them there. But speaking about taxis and hospitals, uh, here in Rovigo and some other parts of the country as well, taxis going to hospitals or to airports or certain things will have set rates. And that's one thing that we find here in the center of Rovigo, that no matter from whatever central main part of the city that you're in, if you're going to the hospital, it's a set rate which could be if depending on what part of the town you're coming from it could be saving you maybe three times less than what you might spend otherwise that's absolutely true Uh, but one thing that i do find interesting is that even small villages normally do have at least one pharmacy i mean they normally have just one but and even if your town or village doesn't have a pharmacy because it's too small or because it just doesn't have one, you're normally not too far from the next town or village which does have a pharmacy. I believe that in a town that is small in Italy, that is considered to be small, like up to two or 3,000 people, uh, there is normally at least a church, mm. one pharmacy, one mini market, um, but 
a few bars in a couple of restaurants. <laughs> That's always nice. That it's it's really fun that when you can go to those little towns and they have that one little restaurant that you will never find in another one like they do their special dish, the special way, the special uh, local take on whatever it may be and that's always fun to experience those local small town digs where you can just get in and find that thing that you would never find anywhere else in the country yeah and they may be small restaurants like family-owned restaurants like with just five tables yeah but normally you eat one's been working there. in the kitchen the the yeah. wife up front taking yes. the orders and everything exactly or the mother normally there's the old yeah. mother working in the kitchen yeah uh, making the tiramisu <laughs> yeah that's even like here in Rovigo, that's actually a thing. Like there's one um, place uh, that we've been to a couple of times in the center where it's it's the best restaurant or one of the best restaurants in town and bars that people really enjoy. But it's also known on a national level for their desserts because they've won awards. And the person who makes their desserts is there's this little old lady <laughs> just cooking away in their kitchen. Yes, and one other thing that is normally never missing in a town, no matter how small it is, is at least one, but normally more than one, bar. And by bar, uh, we don't mean like nightclubs, or, yeah. but just like more... Um, like a coffee bar, like a place where you have exactly. a, a, be, a bar to stand at, but they serve coffee. Exactly, they serve coffee, cappuccino, and they have maybe a couple of tables. Normally yeah. people go there to socialize, and it will be very common to see uh, the old people yeah. uh, living in the town sitting in the bar in the morning or at night and just socializing yeah. between them no i've seen that especially older men um they'll either be in one of two places during the day either on the street corner hanging out or at the bar drinking coffee and some bars don't even have tables at all they just have the bar no stools and they're just standing there all day drinking the coffee, talk about what's going on and what's going on in the news, what's going on in the town, gossiping. But it's even here in Rovigo, there is maybe like two or three groups of older gentlemen that I will see that have their street corner that they stand on or their part of the piazza that they hang out on. Or they'll stand around like here in Rovigo, there's a, a St. Mark's um, statue that you see and they'll just kind of hang out in large groups and float around between one to the other, keep making sure everybody's in line. They keep an eye on people. They're doing their thing. They're just chilling. And even during, um, not during the lockdown, but after lockdowns, when you were supposed to be socially distanced, you couldn't be gathering in groups together, those groups still met. <laughs> yes. And they're always crowded. You will find yeah. groups of people uh, that go to the bar and stay for a few hours uh, in the mornings yeah. or in the afternoon or even at night. Normally these bars are open until like midnight and then they mm -hmm. close. So you'll find people that prefer to go after dinner. Normally we're talking about people who are retired and have the time to spend like just a few hours yeah. in the bar or you'll find at times um, when the bar does have tables that uh, old men, they're playing cards. Yeah. So they have like these tournaments and they, they <laughs> play like, you see like four or five tables like together where people like play cards for like two, three hours. Yeah. And it's, it's a very Italian thing and it's yeah. just very nice. Uh, we're getting into the topic of entertainment here, which I think is also worthwhile talking about. Like what do people do in these towns? And it's not just that they'll be playing cards someplace. You'll find people playing chess and checkers and even there you'll find in some places in the south there's a game i don't even know how to play it exactly i know it's a numbers game and it depends on if the two numbers add up to even and odd the guys will be shouting at each other i can't remember the name of the thing but 
it is the most entertaining thing to see these guys shouting at each other and throwing these fists. And it's, it's a way of having that entertainment in your small town and getting this like almost informal community event together of people just enjoying the time because that's what they've done for centuries already. Uh, Because I mean, even in Italy, like television, yeah, it's been around, but people will often spend a lot of time out of the home, not necessarily be tied to the home itself. And so these outdoor living spaces become like the outdoor living rooms, especially in small towns. The piazzas are a public area where you will find children playing and so on. But going on beyond that, you also find other types of things that people do, like cultural events. Even in a small city like Rovigo, We've got opera here. I think like no matter how small the town is or the village is, you'll find that very often, especially during the summertime, the local administration will often organize during the summertime some type of events like uh, art exhibitions or uh, plays. Normally they're organized in the municipal buildings or in the big square Uh, during the summertime and also you'll find that every small town in Italy I mean with the exception of the super small ones but like uh, towns with two or three thousand people they will they will organize every year a fair Uh, and every year it happens at the same time of the year where you can go and there will be like uh, food festivals and um, other kinds of events yeah there's always something going on I mean even here in Rovigo like there's national traveling festivals that come through sometimes like we've got uh, a, f- a street food festival that's come through here a number of times and then also on an annual basis there is the um the county fair that happens here and people come from all over the place and they'll they'll, they'll go and they'll uh, buy the things that they want to buy not necessarily so much food but like all types of things for for your house clothing hats uh, maybe even some food like like pickled onions or olives, things that are from other parts of the country, like specialties from other areas. And people love that. Like they really enjoy that. Or even something that I've seen as well is uh, carnivals, like with children's rides, not carnival like Carnivale, like you see in Venice, but uh, with children's rides and Ferris wheels, bumper cars, and all those different little rides. So it's, it's, it's really nice to see that in smaller places where you have something going on. Um, and then also even when it gets close to Christmas time, some places even do Christmas markets that are that are actually really nice to see, especially once you get up to Alto Adige. You cannot beat those Christmas markets. They're definitely the best in Italy. There are some other great ones. Um, or if you are in a large city, for example, like the Expo Milan, they will have like different things that they'll do each year uh, that are really worth checking out sometimes. Like I, I know in the past I'd gone to like a world fair where they had things from all over the world, vendors from all over the place selling different things. And it was huge. It was like <laughs> the size of like, I don't know, three football fields <laughs> of just shopping. It was really so much fun. But then also depending on where you are, you may find that you'll have like a movie theater. I mean, not just having plays and operas, but even like where we live, there's a movie theater not too far away. I mean, with the current situation, I think it's mostly been closed. Um, other then I don't know if now with the green pass they're allowing things to happen, but that's a, that's a very different subject for a different day. But you will find that these things are possible. But if you are living in a smaller town in Italy or a smaller city, it will be much less likely that you'll be able to find movies in English. 
generally speaking, even any movie. Almost impossible. Yeah. It's like, especially here, you don't find anything that's not in Italian. Everything is dubbed. Uh, Very rarely is it ever something that is only subtitles. But even there are some places like in cities where maybe there's one movie theater that will have a special night during the week or they are the theater that plays movies in foreign languages. Um, Even uh, I remember I was very, very excited when the last Star Wars movie came out. I was like, okay, I have to go see it in person. I have to see it in English. This needs to happen. But there was no place locally where you could go see it in English. But if I wanted to go all the way over to Venice, then there was one movie theater or two movie theaters there in Mestre that certain times of day, they had certain showings that would show it in English. So that's the other thing you also have to consider if you're a big movie buff. Maybe people aren't going to the movies as much anymore uh, because of what's been happening. But I I do think it is worthwhile taking it into consideration that uh, I know for me, if the movie's originally in English, I hate to watch it dubbed in a foreign language. Like, okay, great, fine. If I've seen it a million times already and it's on Netflix, maybe I'll watch it dubbed just to hear what people are saying and to hear trying to kind of what's going on. But if I want to rest at the end of the day and enjoy an evening out, I much prefer not to have to think too hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, we have Netflix. And even if the uh, movies that you can watch in every single country are different even if you have the yeah. same account but you'll find them uh, you, you'll find that you can watch them in English or in yeah. Italian no that's actually really true even on Amazon Prime if you have Prime Video uh, you will be able to consume content like there's a great library of content on both Netflix and uh, and Prime you, we don't have Hulu out here but we do have a couple of other different services available um, and then of course just like in the States different content is available or unavailable depending on the contracts that they have and what's going on I know some people use VPNs to be able to get access to other um, Netflix libraries and so on but I would say I've been very happy with the library that's on Netflix. Actually, there's certain things here that we have access to that people even in the States don't have. Um, like even if I'm not mistaken, because I love Star Trek, I'm gonna completely expose myself for how much of a nerd that I am. But I'm a big fan of Star Trek. And here in Italy, most Star Trek can be found on Netflix. There's the Star Trek Picard, for example, one of the newer series that can is only available on Amazon Prime. But in the States, if I'm not mistaken, you have to go on to CBS and it's divided differently. I mean, this is how it goes just anyway. This is not necessarily important, but we have very easy access to some of these shows that in the States have gone away already. Um, Of course, again, just depends on the um, contracts and everything. But it's not like we're here without entertainment and even we may not have HBO But if you wanted to watch something like Game of Thrones, there are services, legal services, where you can find online to be able to pay that monthly subscription and be able to watch it and be able to watch it in English. But I think what we should maybe end this episode off on is about job opportunities, because how are you going to pay for all of this? How are you going to get by, uh, assuming that you're not already uh, retired? you're going to have to be able to figure out how you're going to support yourself while you're here. So from your perspective, what do you see as some of the differences between village life and small town life versus city life in Italy? 
Well, if you're a foreigner uh, going to live in a small village or very small town, uh, it's going to be like quite difficult, in my opinion, to find a job, especially if you don't speak the language mm-hmm. uh, normally like even for locals can be difficult yeah. to find a job in a very small village or town especially in southern italy you know there is this difference between uh, southern italy and northern italy that we all know about um, so it may be necessary to move to the next bigger town to be able to find job opportunities if you are an American. Um, luckily, normally there is a big town that is close enough, for example, from here, even if, you know, like Rovigo is not that small, so you may be able to find something here, but even if you don't find something here, you're close enough to Padova or mm-hmm. Bologna or Venice, and you can reach those locations by train. So, uh, of course, the bigger the town is or the city is, the more likely it is for uh, for a foreign, foreigner to be able to find a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, like I wouldn't necessarily say that an expat should consider Rovigo as their first choice, um, but if you happen to be here for some reason, even I know someone who has a car and is working in Verona, like they go back and forth, and yeah, it's not the quickest ride, but it's doable. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you consider American terms where an hour and a half, two hours is sometimes the normal drive that a person may have anyway. Here in Italy, like two hours is a very long drive for an Italian. You're in a different part of the country at that point. (laughs) It's like, even um, I remember when we did the episode with uh, Mike from a History in Italy podcast. I don't remember if he said it in the episode or in the episode that ended up on my YouTube channel and podcast, but he was saying like traveling an hour and a half. It's like, are you crazy? You're traveling that far just to go for a podcast? What is wrong with you? For him, he was like, big deal. whatever this is this is what you do <laughs> um but i guess that's also another consideration that a person should take into account is how far they do want to be traveling and what is the lifestyle that they want to live because even one thing that i would say is that there are a lot of people that leave comments on my youtube channel or that send me private messages and so on and say i want to move to italy how can i get a job if you need to ask that question then I would say you need to also ask a lot more questions and do a lot more research about what the situation in Italy is like. For example, there is high unemployment rate, but there's a reason for that. And it's many reasons, I would say. And that would contribute to also why so many young people leave the country. And so it's important to look at that factor. And beyond that, to be able to look at what jobs are available to you based on your skills, and then even beyond that, how good is your Italian? Because you could be the top in your field, but if you don't speak Italian, you might not be considered. Even I've seen situations where native English speakers were not considered for a teaching job, an English teaching job, because they didn't speak Italian, and they preferred a Russian person, for example, or an Italian, a non-native English speaker to teach who could barely speak English, just simply because they spoke Italian, not because they had really any proper ability to speak Italian. Um, So that's the other thing is that also even in the cities, yes, there may be more job opportunities, but there's also going to be a lot more competition for those job opportunities. And maybe if you can find a, a smaller city that maybe there's not a ton of people there, maybe they're not going to have all of those people who 
are necessary for those positions locally, so they will be more open to finding people from other places as well. That's just something to take into consideration. But I think this may actually be a great place to round out the episode. And if anybody is needing any assistance with purchasing property here and more in Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can send us a message through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com or give us a call, the number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic, Marco. And thank you again so much for making yourself available. And I think this is going to help give a, an idea to people uh, about what life is like and what might be the right choice for them because there's a lot of choices to make here and there's a lot of options. Uh, definitely worth taking a trip out here first, I would say as well. But if you're interested in more content like this about Italian real estate, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast. But if you are also subscribed to the YouTube channel, you also are automatically subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast. And of course, also, if you're interested in more content about life in Italy, living in Italy, living in Italy as an Italian dual citizen and getting to see more of this beautiful country that Marco and I get to call home, come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash or you can find my audio-only podcast through Not Your Average Globetrotter. Thank you all so much for coming to check out this episode. And of course, as always, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from italianrealestatelawyers.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. We'll see you all next time. Thank Later. You.